When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another show. Fistful of Collars here from the Flow Grappling Studios, myself, Howell and Ryan. And today, we're very proud and very fortunate to have back in the studio, making your return appearance, none other than, if you didn't guess, <laughs> Bellator MMA World Middleweight Champion, Rafael Lovato Jr. Rafael, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. It is great to be back. And, uh, and you're back here in Austin. You're hanging out for a couple of days. We were in the gym with you a few days ago there. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's up? Why are you back? Because last time you were here a couple months ago or earlier this year, you were training for the MMA fight that won you mm-hmm. this belt. So mm-hmm. what's up? Uh, well, you know, Austin is a is a place where I have, like, multiple reasons to come visit, you know. Um, first, there's the connection with Onnit. You know, Onnit is a, um, a great, um, you know, partner of mine, and um, they are so supportive. Um, Andrew, Shout out to Andrew Craig. Uh, from on it, my good friend and training partner. Uh, you know, I'm I'm basically in a pre-camp phase right now, starting to to turn things up, um, and so I wanted to come down, get some training in, and of course uh, do some things with on it. Uh, we did you know some filming, photo shoots, and whatnot, um, and they just had this incredible facility and resources there of trainers, people to learn from, you know, uh, from strength and conditioning to yoga mobility <clears throat> yeah that, that place looks like disneyland for it is. a grappler right <laughs> or an yeah. any athlete, athlete to be yeah. honest yeah yeah 100 percent um so just getting the body ready come down train there and um uh you know i have uh, uh, several friends here um so a couple schools that i visited for seminars my friend robbie Rabati, uh and also one of my affiliate schools austin submission fighting uh ran by brian evans um so did a couple seminars you know, and just basically hanging out. Got to stop by uh, my good friend Paulo Brandel, uh, his academy, Gracie Umaita Austin. Uh, trained there, training at the 10th Planet, doing the Muay Thai at Onnit Muay Thai. That sounds um, like a busy week. <laughs> it is, it is. But it's, it's so much fun, though, at the same time. Very productive. Um, just, you know, from business to training to you know, hanging out with you guys, you know, uh, Austin's a great place. Awesome. Well, it, it, I mean, it's awesome to have you here because uh, last time you were here, which was uh, earlier this year, you were a similar thing, right? It was like the, I think you say a pre-camp mm-hmm. kind of like training week here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Did a similar thing, right? You kind yeah. of flipped, you were at, on it's it. It's not the and, first time. No, so th- it sounds like then you're gearing up for something special. Yes, uh, for sure. Um, first title defense is coming. Wow. Uh, going to start the new decade off the best way possible with a with a good old fashioned cage fight, you know. So early twenty twenty, <laughs> yes, you're going to be putting the title on the line, the first title defense, the Bellator MMA World Middleweight Championship belt. I mean, That's let's right. talk a little bit about how you got there as well, because um, your your story in MMA the last couple of years, you well. I mean, you you went from the, the very kind of like the bottom, the feeder level shows, and you worked your way up, and you were competing in front of 
thousands of people in London, England, of all mm-hmm. places, against Gegard Mousasi to take the title belt. That's a hell of a journey. It was, um, and it still is. It's just, uh, you know, when I look back on it, it's really unbelievable. Um, the moments we had in London were just surreal. Um, yeah, it's been quite the ride, you know. Uh, like you said, starting in, uh, you know, Legacy, which is now LFA, um, which was based here in Houston with Mick Maynard. Um, you know, from uh, the Hard Rock, you know, hotel and casino in Tulsa, Oklahoma, working our way up to the Windstar, you know, uh, on the border of Oklahoma and Texas, which is a nice venue, but once again, you know, little by little, um, and getting into Bellator and then, um, you know, getting into the bigger, bigger shows of fought in Chicago, um, really nice venue in uh, Boise, Idaho. And, um, and next thing you know, you know, we're in London and it was just, it was, it's hard for me to explain because, you know, we, we were set to fight in January of this year. That's um, right. It in took LA. a while for that fight to actually yeah, happen, right? Yeah, we were set to fight in January in LA. Um, and, you know, he, he got injured and the fight was postponed. And I was kind of just sitting there in limbo for a while. Um, I took a couple grappling matches in March to stay busy. And I had already been, you know, I was like 60% into my camp uh, when I got the news in, in December um, that the fight wasn't going to happen. And, um, you know, I'd already done so much. I'm like, ah. And so it was, it was a tough, tough moment. Um, and I had to, like, decide if I was going to jump on another fight or if I'm just going to wait. And I decided to wait. Um, so it sounds like you spent the whole year kind of in a perpetual training camp. I did. Wow. I did. Musasi was basically on my mind um, from November 2018 until June of this year, you know. Wow. So it ended up being total like an eight-month training camp, um, you know, the last two months of of 18 all the way into the first six months of this year. Um, even when I was doing the grappling matches, he was always on my mind, you know. Um, that was my main objective. And um, and so I was training for that. You know, it, it was a pretty brutal year. Um, you know, it's Paid not off, it's though. not recommended. <laughs> it's not recommended to be in camp that long, but it was like, ah, I hit this point, this mm. a moment that I'd worked so hard to get to, um, to, to, you know, contend for the, for the belt. Um, and so we just basically kept it going all year. And then finally, what was, what was so crazy is I was actually in route. I, I did a fight to win uh, in Dallas against Yuri. And then the next week I went, not even a full week, a couple days later, I left to London to compete in Polaris against Jake Shields. Um, and while I was getting ready to board to go to London to face Jake, um, I got the call, hey, you're rebooked. You're going to fight him in London. And I'm like, I'm on my way to London right now. You know what I mean? Um, and so I go to London, go against Jake, blah, blah, blah. I did some seminars there. I came back, and a couple of days later, I had to fly right back to London for the press conference. Um, it's kind of a side so, of things that people don't see, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, they, they, they see the fights and, you know, a couple of times a year. But as you're saying, that the months and months of preparation, the time spent in the gym, and, of course, you know, in professional MMA, it's a lot different to grappling, that you have all these obligations and these things mm-hmm. that you need to do, part of the, the press tour and the mm-hmm. duties. Of, it's all part of being a professional athlete. But it can't make your job any easier to be an athlete when you have all this stuff to do, huh? 
Uh, for sure. It's more on your plate, uh, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, sometimes you just kind of have to breathe and just go with the flow and you know it is what it is um and of course you know i want to do my part to to help the company and promote good fights for bellator um but uh it was just crazy how london all of a sudden became this big part of my life because i went there last year on a special vacation with my girlfriend and we had a really great time and then i end up getting this match with jake go back for the press conference then i go back again for the fight so inside of one year i i flew to london four times it was funny i i go to the airport uh in oklahoma city and i always fly united and the girl up front said ah you're on your way to london again aren't you <laughs> i'm like yeah. How'd you guess? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but it sounds like you got some good memories from that place. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I love London now. It has a, a special place in my heart. Um, you know, it was, it was so cool to see the, the double-decker buses with the, the billboard. Man, you, you make know. me homesick. Come on. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yeah. But the, the billboard of me, uh, you know, of, of, of the of the event and me and Musasi uh, on the billboard. Wow, um, must be and so I was getting real, recognized, right? you know, in London with people that don't even do jiu-jitsu you know normally when i get recognized it's someone that that um, trains uh jiu-jitsu but um because they had us you know posted up all over the place uh i was just getting recognized by regular people and uh i made some some really nice cool amazing new friends there in london um and felt so much love and support um from the london you know public uh however musasi it was definitely his his home turf, uh, mm -hmm. being you know uh, a European, living in Europe, um, and so you know going in as a as a pretty big underdog, and the whole the whole crowd just Musasi, Musasi, and and everything. It was just like it was uh, it was quite the rush and uh, a really special moment for me and my team. It's got to feel uh, got to feel pretty good then to go into that enemy territory let's say and you know to to go in the lion's den and to be not just up against the guy across the cage from you who wants to take your head off but all the support and everything that you've it, it sounds like and you've mentioned it as well the super fights like the, against yuri against jake shield these are not easy matches you know um you just overcame challenge after challenge after challenge you have no idea you have no <laughs> idea uh there's there's uh there's always so much more to the story, you know, than what people see or know. Um, the ones closest to me really know, but uh, you know, yeah, there was a, a lot of a lot of things that we over overcame to get to that point. And then, of course, the fight itself was was a, a very tough tough fight. Obviously, I mean, he had over 50 fights, and I had only had nine, you know. Um, and then it, it going the way it did, back and forth, coming down to the fifth round. Um, you know all these things that just you know next thing you know i'm like i'm like man i'm i'm in a rocky movie right now you know <laughs> what i mean um but uh you know I, i'm so grateful for for that experience and and for the way it played out um it was just something that you know like coming into mma i knew that there there would be that moment you know at some point um there would be that moment where i would get really tested um and be in, in that, you know, like kind of dark moment, you know what I'm saying, where it's like, how are you going to react? You know, are you going to step up or are you going to crumble? Um, That's what you sign up for, though, right? You know, you're going into something like this, a five-round championship fight. you got to be prepared to deal with that. This yes. That moment could come, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. And up until that point, 
I'd never really been in danger um, in MMA yet, you know. Uh, maybe could have lost a close round here or there in a couple of my past fights. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, the only decision I had up until that point was a unanimous, unanimous decision. Um, and I'd finished nearly everybody uh, one way or another. And so I hadn't had that adversity yet. And it was just, you know, it was something in my mind like I I knew that I wanted to experience it at some point just that's a big part of the reason why I did MMA for that challenge to test yourself and to learn learn you know and grow um and then like I said it was just like a a movie like a book the way that it happened you know it came about in the title fight against someone as experienced and legendary as he is my first championship rounds I ever did and he's been doing championship rounds for like a decade um and you know I, I was just very proud of the way I performed and and just proud to to represent my my team and my family the way that I did in that moment. Mm-hmm. So let me ask what was that moment then in the fight? What was the moment of adversity that you had to overcome? Was there was generally in an MMA fight you you kind of go into this um a slightly different state, a conscious state, right? It's like mm-hmm. you're, you're operating at this sort of like a, a sort of a high performance level yes. where it's like a weird mix of conscious and subconscious going on, a lot of it's autopilot. Like a right, it's yeah. like a dreamlike state. But mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of awareness as well in that match. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're probably talking to yourself during the match. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. But what was the moment when you really had to say, hey, Rafael, get it together, man. This is make or break. Oh, for sure, going into the fifth. Um, you know, the first 13 minutes of the fight was basically going perfectly, you know, right according to our plan and our strategy. Um, and then at the end of the third round, I lost his back, got a little sloppy, was a little tired. Um, and that's when he put on some good ground and pound and I got cut. Um, and then in the fourth round, you know, I'm dealing with, with the blood in my eye, not being able to see, um, and he had a sur- like a surge of energy uh, coming back, like, okay, now it's my turn, you know? Um, and so, you know, and then I, I, I got dropped. I didn't get dropped so much because I was, like, you know, in danger of getting knocked out. He, I, I couldn't see, and I covered up, and he snuck an uppercut in, and I didn't, I didn't know where I got hit from. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of fell out of... Um, out of uh you know just instinct um because i just wanted to you know put my legs up and and if he engages okay now i can feel right. you know and more for survival you know um and it helped me recover a little bit but um you know in in the corner in between rounds uh you know they you know basically said look you must win this round um and they're <laughs> you know it's it's uh my father it's shanji hibero and my my Muay Thai and MMA coach, uh, Mauricio, um, you know, who I've been training with him for over a decade. Shanji and I go back 15 years. And then, of course, my father. I mean, these are my brothers. And then it's my my father. And um, and they're giving me a bunch of love. And they're just like, this is the round of your life right now. We need one more takedown, one more takedown. And so, you know, I get up and I start my my positive talk. And uh, one thing I always say to myself in all my training, strength, conditioning, everything, when there's rounds, you know, um, when I enter that last round, I always say last round is my best round. Last round is my best round. Last round is my best round. So I start running that in my head and it's just like five more minutes to 
you know, to, to accomplish a dream. And, um, you know, we went out, we touched gloves in the middle and I smiled at him and I was like, let's go. And I was able to, to pull it out. And you manifested that, right? That that literally what you just said. Last round was my best round. That fifth round was, I mean, it was phenomenal, right? You you went out there and you got that job done. Yeah. Things were already as pretty much as bad as they could be. You know what I mean? And and so that's always the biggest fear. And when you're already, you know, when you're already in there and you're already feeling it, it's like it's not going to get any worse. You know? I mean, of course, okay, I could get knocked out, but. Um, you know, I'd already got bloodied up, cut, couldn't see, you know, uh, got dropped one time. It's like, you know, uh, just let it all go. Be free, show who you are. And, um, you know, just five more minutes, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I feel like you see, if you give me a time, you know, like when the coach, my, my coach, strength edition coach or whatever says, okay, I want you to go as hard as you can for 30 seconds or 60 seconds or whatever on certain sprints or exercises. Like, I, I put in my mind, look, I can do anything for that amount of time. Like, it doesn't matter what happened before, sorry, <laughs> what happened before that or how tired I am. If it's just one more round, just one more go, I'll get the job done. And, um, you know, I was a little nervous, like, okay, I've never been that far into a fight, you know, um, and wondering, you know, how my cardio and all that other stuff would, would, would do. Um, but like I said, just going in the fifth is like just five more minutes, you know, for something that that will stay with me for the rest of my life. That's incredible. I'm curious, like after you won the fight and you sat down with your father, what were some of the first things that you guys talked about? <laughs> oh, we just cried a lot. We all <laughs> cried a lot. Um, Must you know, have been a hell of a moment. Yeah, it was. It was uh, so, so special, something I'll cherish. I had so many just special special people in my life uh with me and that's that's honestly the best the best part about MMA um you know I I joke about it all the time like to get these great great people together I mean literally like the greatest inside of their their fields inside of their arts um and of course my family my brothers my friends that you know uh like for instance I have one of my black belts who's been to every ADCC I've ever competed in, you know, went to China, went to Europe, went to Brazil. Um, he's also been to every single fight I've ever fought in. Um, one of my best friends at home, and he's been a student of mine for about 15 years. He's one of my black belts. You know, he's there. You know what I mean? Like, the people that were there just meant so much to me. And it's like, you know, you take Shanji's schedule, you take, you know, Mauricio's schedule, um, uh, Cameron Shane, who's an incredible yoga mobility teacher, uh, which, you know, Ryan has done a documentary about. Um, all these people have the craziest schedules, you know, and it would only be one of three things to get all of them together, right? Someone's getting married <laughs> or the bad end of it, someone passed away or it's a fight, you know, and uh, and so having like just being surrounded by that love and support and sort of being the one that connects all these people together, the people that I love so much who maybe wouldn't have met each other or maybe wouldn't have spent so much time with each other if it wasn't for me, um, bringing them together. You know, when I look around and I like the, the dinner the night before, you know, after you make weight and all that, uh, we had this really amazing special dinner. It was like four hours, you know, um, 
and it's just because we're talking and socializing and rem- kind of, reminiscing on the journeys that's and what the kind brought of energy us. You really need yeah, at that time, right? Everyone said a, a beautiful little thing. Like uh, Sala was like, "Okay, speech time," you know, and and um, we went around the table and everyone kind of said something about what it meant for them to be there. And um, you know, I mean, of course, it was just so emotional. Many, many people cried. Um, but uh, those things are just the priceless moments. Obviously, the fight itself is is uh, you know special as well. But it's just the time that I spend with those people that um, really. I mean, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have continued. You know what I mean? Because I I'm not a violent person. Uh, You're I, a martial artist, not a fighter, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't I don't feel the urge to hurt anybody, or I just I'm there for the challenge. Um, but what really makes it fun and makes me keep going is is being around those people and learning from all of them. That's great. It's such great energy. And I, you mentioned about obviously Saulo and Shanji and how important they are in your entire journey, you know, in, in martial arts and stuff. And uh, you're repping the six blades right now. And the always, necklace as well. Always. That's awesome. Always. I love that. It's, uh, we got some comments about it, actually, people asking about that. And, and it's pretty well documented, your relationship with the Rivera brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys document it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Shout the out to the American, American documentary. But, uh, I mean, th- it's interesting, isn't it? They're both those guys, and warriors themselves, both Saulo and Shanji, they've both been in there as well. They've both competed every format possible, including MMA. And mm-hmm. um, Man, you've, you've just managed to surround yourself with with incredible people from every field, every area. Um, how, how has you achieved something like that? Because you know, not everybody has the, the good fortune to have access to mm-hmm. those kind of resources, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a bit of it is just, um, you know, you put that right energy out there, it comes to you. You know, when I look at the story of how I met everyone on my team, um, you know, each one is like, like how, like what are the odds? You know what I mean? I mean, for those that don't know, the way I got linked up with Solo and Shanji is, is I fought Solo. You know, I fought Solo in the finals of a big pro Nogi tournament back in 2003. And then uh, he invited me to train with him after that, you know, so I had to, I had to stand on the cross the mat from him first uh, as an opponent. Um, and that created the link. But of course, he could have just saw me and said, whatever, you know what I mean? But something inside of him said, mm, I like this kid and I'm going to, you know, keep in touch and, and uh, give him an invitation. Well, he recognized something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then just everybody else, you know, um, from my, my Muay Thai coach who, who I just, you know, happened to reach, actually Solo went to Shootbox um, years ago. So that's where that connection yeah, comes from. Yeah, he was trying right. to, to look for a great Muay Thai uh, trainer for um, for Shanji. Yeah, Shanji was doing MMA, and also there was a, a, a stint where Solo and Shanji were also training uh, Jacare, Damian Maya, as well as Diego Sanchez. Um, and so he wanted to bring a great stand-up coach into um, the, the, you know, the team um, to help everybody. And he made the connection to to Mauricio and Andre Dita, their, their brothers. Um, Dita is a very well known, um, you know, kickboxer, K one fighter. Yeah, and it's um, interesting that shootbox. Uh, it's it's such a kind of a, a far flung kind of like team. It's it, there's no obvious connection there between mm-hmm. Ribeiro or Lovato mm-hmm. with shootbox. Mm-hmm. So Salo is the responsible for that. Wow. Yeah, and so then I naturally 
met Mauricio and I was training some guys for MMA as well. Uh, I hadn't started my MMA journey yet, but um, I ended up doing a seminar at a school where Mauricio was teaching and I had heard so many things about him and, and they, you know, um, were like, oh, you got to train with him. You got to train with him. He's, he's incredible. He's like, you know, just, it's like entering the matrix, you know what I mean? Um, and right off the bat, we just had this incredible bond um, where we were teacher student, you know, from the very, very, very first time I trained with him, you know, I did an hour of Muay Thai and then we did an hour of Jiu Jitsu. He taught me and then I taught him and that's never, never stopped. He is now one of my black belts. Oh, great. Um, uh, actually I just promoted him his first degree. Um, so he's been a black belt for three years and, um, and I mean, I can go on and on, but we all have that relationship. So my, my wrestling coach, uh, who's also uh, a judo Olympic alternate? Um, he, I used to do a bunch of judo with him uh, when I was really deep in the in the gi uh, coming up, and I used to compete in judo tournaments. Um, he is also one of my jiu-jitsu students. Uh, he's one of my black belts. Um, my strength and conditioning coach is a blue belt. Uh, he also trains jiu-jitsu. Um, Cameron Shane is also a student of mine in jiu-jitsu. Um, and so we all are actively learning and teaching each other. And everyone is humble to be a student, you know, and, and excited to be a student with each other, um, as well as just share. Everyone is so generous with their knowledge. Um, so everyone is such a, a great, passionate, uh, well, you know, uh, like as far as their communication skills, they can just pass on their knowledge in incredible ways. And so we are all actively learning and and teaching each other. And I'm sort of the, the focal point, but it's not rare for Shanji to go off and do Muay Thai with Marisio when we're in camp. It's like, okay, now it's my turn. I want to get some, some rounds with Marisio. And then Shanji will teach Marisio Jiu-Jitsu. And then Brian Piccolo, who's my wrestling coach, uh, and he was there in London as well. I've been training with him for 13 years. Um, you know, he's learning from Shanji, uh, also learning from Mauricio. You know, Luke comes in. He brings everyone into the gym, gives them their workouts, and helps them with their bodies. And then Luke learns Muay Thai. And, you know, and that's, I think, what makes us so so special and unique because I, don't, I really don't know or have ever seen another team um, in the MMA world do anything like that you know in fact it's usually very segregated they have one coach over here one coach over there and whoever is their stand-up coach is the stand-up coach you know they're not also learning jiu-jitsu and getting involved in the jiu-jitsu aspects or the wrestling aspects or whatever else um, and so I fully believe 100% that's why I've had so much success in such a fast fast manner um, and have evolved so quickly because it's not just me, it's all of us. And I'm like, I'm getting supercharged with this knowledge and incredible, you know, energy. Um, and I'm just so blessed. I mean, like I said, they are, and of course my father is there too, who in my opinion is the greatest martial artist of all of us, um, who's dedicated his whole life to learning and he's learning from everybody and he's given his vibes, you know, and, um, it's, it's just incredible. Go ahead. <laughs> Being there in that camp, uh, surrounded by all those great martial artists, and you guys play off each other all, uh, you know, really well. And um, we have a lot of fun. Too. You guys have so <laughs> much fun. Um, but you know, the one thing I learned from you is, uh, you know, what it means to be a martial artist. Can you, you know, tell us like what does it mean to be a, a true martial artist? Oh man, that would be hard to, 
you know, just put in a couple sentences. Because um, there is a distinction, right? We, we mentioned it earlier, how you don't even consider yourself a violent person, and yet you do very violent things. You know, you stand in a cage and, and hit and punch and kick somebody. That's pretty violent. But yeah. it, the distinction then between a martial artist and a fighter, maybe you want to talk about that because, mm. you know, you you can be a fighter, but you don't necessarily, doesn't make you a martial mm. artist mm-hmm. and, and vice versa is the truth, right? Sure, yeah. sure. Um, there are a couple things I think that are, you know, would be like key, you know, um, key points inside of that. Uh, first, uh, a true martial artist is going to dedicate their whole life to learning and bettering themselves no matter what. They don't train just to prepare for an event or to beat up somebody or to win a title or anything like that. When I grew up training martial arts with my father, we had no idea about the the competitions or events that would eventually become possible. You know, uh, Even when I first started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, we didn't even know there was a world championships. You know, there... That was just beginning. The sport of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was really just beginning um, and and getting its roots. Um, And so a martial artist, a true martial artist, does not train to to win anything. You know, they train to better themselves and for the love and the passion of the arts. Um, And they are open. They are a forever student. You know, they are always open to learn from anybody. You don't get stuck in your ways. You know, Um, if you're doing Jiu-Jitsu, you're also doing Judo and um, wrestling and, you know, taking care of your body, learning yoga, learning different ways to be more mobile and create longevity um, for your arts, you know, because at the end of it, I want to train for the rest of my life, you know. Um, The competitions are great, and I want to compete as long as I can too, but at the end of the day, like, I just want to be able to get on the mat and and do what I love for as long as I possibly can. Um, So the way you take care of your body, body, mind, spirit, um, is, is a big factor inside of all of that. Um, you know, the Japanese actually have uh, uh, a pyramid. Um, uh, it's kind of a, a concept. It's a shin, gi, and tai. And it's literally, as you said, it's the, it's the mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the, the, the kind of the, um, the pyramid is the, the, the base is the, is the physical, the body. Mm-hmm. Is. You look after the body, you, you culture the, 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 the physical side of things, and that's the kind of the foundation. And the next step up is, of course, is the technical. And you yes. add your skills and, and your, 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 the techniques that you learn onto that. But then, of course, at the top of that pyramid is the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And For it's sure. something that maybe... Um, well, no, maybe I think we'd have to say it is absolutely is overlooked mm-hmm. by the majority of people. And in my opinion, it's the most important because it, it's it kind of connects everything together, yes. right? It's yes. like it's, um, it's your why, you know what's what's in your heart, what's in your spirit, you know. And if it's lacking, so things you know to maybe go a little esoteric, but it's uh, there's no harmony, you know. It's mm-hmm. like you you can be strong and fast, and you know you might be uh, you might be skilled in certain areas, but if you're if your your emotional state is in chaos, if mm-hmm. you're not spiritually aligned in, in mm-hmm. the task of what you got planned, then it's just not going to work out right. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. And the spirit is so, I mean, it's the foundation of your mind and body. Um, so yes, 100%. And I'm I'm so fortunate that all those people that I mentioned, everyone I'm surrounded with, really view martial arts in that same way. Um, and for me, you know, uh, the other aspect of a true martial artist is someone that's a teacher. I think it's extremely important um, in order to grow yourself uh, as an individual, as a martial artist, as a practitioner, you must teach, you must give back and share your knowledge um, and try to help others and inspire others um, because A, it's going to make you better and 
B, what's the point? You know, like it's not about what you achieve, but it's the impact you make on everybody else, you know. Um, and I think that's a, a, a major, major difference between, say, a, a fighter and a martial artist. Um, most guys that fight or compete at a, at a you know, world-class level, um, they are not actively teaching and just showing up and, you know, um, focusing on helping others, you know. Um, it's a job. Yeah, I mean, they they don't have their school. They don't have schools, you know what I mean? It, it's too much on their plate. Maybe they will eventually. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've been running our, our school in Oklahoma City now for over 10 years. Um, I've been teaching since I was 15 years old to help my father, you know, um, and help the school. And I've, I love, I really, really, really love to teach. Um, I, I miss it, you know, when I'm in camp sometimes and I, I need to rest or I can't teach as much as I, I would like. You know, I miss it. And it's the balance, you know. Um, and so for me, that's a very important aspect of a true martial artist, someone who also teaches. Um, and I, I, I love, of course, I love to teach at home. I love my guys, my, my family at home. Uh, but, if, but then to, to travel around the world and share with as many people as possible and make those connections, um, you know, those friendships and relationships that, uh, that are, you know, amazing. Um, but that's a, a big piece of it as well as just challenging yourself. You know, so, you, I think a true martial artist is not scared to put themselves in the fire. What I'm kind of sensing then from everything you were just describing there, that a lot of it is actually is about community, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you've created an amazing community uh, in the support structure that you have around you in just purely your athletic career. You've created a community and you're part of a greater community that your father has also been responsible in creating yes. in you know, Lovato Jiu-Jitsu, your school in Oklahoma. 100%. And then you're part of the greater global community that you're, you're, you know, you're creating like these new connections everywhere mm -hmm. you go. But I guess... I'm bringing it back to the sort of the traditional martial arts side of things. I think maybe this is something that in jiu-jitsu um, that we can forget about because especially here in the United States and just just say the Western world in general, um, you hear it a lot from practitioners that they will they will look at their time training in a jiu-jitsu gym and their relationship with the proprietors of that gym they'll see it as a very uh, transactional by nature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the business of running a school, obviously, you know, will, you know, you'll need certain business techniques. But then people go into it with a, a purely customer mentality that I'm a customer, that what I want has got to be the way I want it. And, you know, I'm always right. And if I don't like, my, my, like it, I'm going to go somewhere else and take my business elsewhere, let my money do the talking. But Maybe this is what's lacking a little bit. And you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about how Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has maybe stripped away some of the less savory, uh, manipulatory kind of like practices in some of the older martial arts. But there's still a lot to be learned in that, in that fostering this sense of community the, the the sort of the, not just the, the values, loyal, the values, the not principles. just the loyalty to one person or one thing, but the loyalty to each other, mm -hmm. the, that bond. Hundred percent. It, it, it's it's definitely something that's missing yeah. a lot, right? Um, you know, I mean, I, I can't say if it's missing because I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by all of those that are on a similar mindset as me. Um, you know, but uh, I, I I know it's out there, um, and you know that's that's part of my my why you know uh to keep that alive and to preach that and that's my passion um you know it, it's not like 
it's not everyone's fault. You know, they might not just know better, right? If if you just if you're just showing up and and uh, you know you're the you're the teacher, um, and it's very much like that, like just a transaction. Okay, here's a couple moves, and you're not really giving yourself, you know, um, not really driven to make an impact to make a difference in those people's lives on that day um day by day you know year by year then then of course they're going to feel like okay i'm just a customer you know um but if you're there and you're giving your heart and soul and you're 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 there you know i mean you guys know you become as a jiu-jitsu teacher you become a father, an uncle, an older brother, a, a preacher, a, a counselor, yeah. therapist, exactly. Yeah. Um, and if you're if you're really helping your students understand their potential and what they're capable of through martial arts and helping them become a better person, live a better life, um, you're connected. It, it's a special bond, and uh, and you know I think that's where the loyalty comes in. You know, um, if you're just blah, 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 this is business, uh, you know, maybe they're not going to be loyal, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you're giving everything, um, there should be no question. And, and you know, if they don't see it the way you see it, you know, um, then shame on them, you know, and uh, it's their loss. Talking about the values, uh, the six blades, maybe people don't realize, but they actually signify some of the core values yes. of the part of the Hibero mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu. Mm -hmm. Can you share with some of those what they are? Family, attitude, respect, honor, loyalty, uh, discipline. Yeah, discipline. Um, yeah, those Sorry are the six. Sorry to put you on the spot right no, there, but no. that, <laughs> and, that's, and that's they, fascinating. They call it the, so the, there's the six blades, and then the center is the spirit of the samurai. Um, and, and cool. you know they all come together to create the the samurai spirit. But um, just what you've listed off right there, that those core values, that that if you can apply even a couple of those into your the, your practice, mm, let's call number it. one, family. That's the first one I said. Family. Uh, those are the the principles that we use inside of our our children's programs uh, at my academy. Um, all the kids grow up, you know, come up. Um, uh, you know, uh, learning and applying the six blades into their lives, into their training. Um, and, you know, for me, like, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? Like, becoming the best version of yourself through martial arts. Um, and, you know, that's like, uh, of course, making champions is great. Um, and if any of my guys, you know, or, or any of my students, if they, if that's their, their 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 goal you know and they're driven by that i want to help them you know of course i have a special place in my heart for the competitors because i'm a competitor you know um but at the end of the day i just want to see i want to see them tap into you know what what they're really capable of and uh and see them push past the limits that they thought were there you know um and live a, a healthier life so they're better better husbands you know, or wives, better, better mothers and fathers, you know, better sons and daughters, um, better students. And, you know, that's what I feel is, is so abundant in, in, in my spirit, you know? Um, and that's how I got connected to, to the people that I have. It just, it happened. And then you look back at it and you're so like, ah, you know, that's, that's why, you know, uh, it's all about the energy, uh, for me, like the energy that you're putting out there. Um, 
and then you just feel so grateful for it. Um, and when you're grateful, you're happy and you're inspired. Um, and so you're inspired to give your best, whether you're teaching, you're training, preparing for an event, just talking, you know, whatever. Um, you know, every day is an opportunity to be inspired and inspire others. Now, you never stray too far away from your roots either because uh, just a couple of days ago, Ryan caught up with you, uh, Grace Humaita, and at 10th Planet, and you were training both gi and no gi, right? Ryan, mm -hmm. what, what was it like watching watching Vado rolling there on Tuesday? It was awesome. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, yeah, teaching and just watching him roll with guys. He, I, I feel like in the gi now, it's it's more of a recovery exercise for you mm -hmm. these days more than anything. But yeah. It's a, it's, it's still like a master class. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I love the gi. I love the gi so much. And despite, you know, being more focused on MMA as far as, uh, you know, my competitive career, um, it's, it's actually brought me closer to the gi, I feel, um, in a funny way. Because before coming up as a kid, ever since I was 15 years old, every year of my life was about winning the worlds, winning the Pan Ams, winning the worlds, Brazileiro, European, whatever tournament. It was all about competition jiu-jitsu with the gi, you know. Um, and these last few years, or five years, you know, I've been fighting MMA over five years now. Um, I, I I've still am very active in the gi, uh, always teaching, always training in the gi. Uh, with very good guys, you know, I help I help uh, Paul Polo and you know other guys, Victor Hugo, and and these guys get ready. How much um, are you trading in the gi on a on an average, like weekly? Two basis? to three times a week. Nice. Yeah, I, it's never stopped. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, of course, in the in the month leading up to the fight, you know, once it gets sure. that close, I, I back off a little bit. But even then, I still teach and I still move in the gi. You know, uh, maybe not quite as hard, uh, but like Ryan said, it, it has become very meditative for me uh it's a balance to the to the intensity and the the you know the hardcore-ness of mma putting the gi on and just having that connection to jiu-jitsu where it's like you know uh, i'm moving and i'm just there's no thought of oh i have to play this game or do that to fight somebody you know or compete in the worlds or whatever blah 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 um i just got back to training for the pure love of it and um and i've been super inspired um inside of the gi and actually um you know i mean if if you talk to people that train with me a lot in the gi i think they'll they'll say the same that i've still improved greatly in the gi and i've, I've taken a lot of the the elements of MMA jiu-jitsu that I've developed and brought that over into the gi and um, and have you know developed some some pretty cool stuff. Um, but um, yeah, the gi is the gi is my heart. You know what I mean? And and that's that's what I'm most passionate for when it comes to teaching and it comes to to giving back. Um, it's definitely 100% the gi. Kind of pours a little bit of fuel under the fire of that debate then about whether the gi is still relevant. And you know, because a lot of people will say that, especially the the no gi crowd, mm -hmm. that you know that they believe that the gi is a training tool, as uh, you know, as a discipline is, it's it's so far removed now from the specific nature of no gi competition or MMA that it's a waste of time to mm -hmm. to even train in it. But that's 
definitely not your. I attitude. think it's all about your mindset. You know mm. what you're going in for, into it for. I'm, when I'm training in the gi, I'm not training in the gi to get ready for an MMA fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm training in the gi to plug my mind into, you know, um, that that art of combat and and make sure, you know, I'm I'm. I'm not losing an area of my brain that you know can operate on that level where you're you're you know the chess game you know when you're uh, creating strategies and 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 traps and you know all these things in the gi where it's like so many moves ahead um, and where in MMA it's like just get up you know what yeah. I mean just get up explode scramble scramble you know what I'm saying. Um, and you know people say oh but you should do a lot of no gi because you're fighting MMA but. No gi isn't going to help for MMA either, you know, like pulling guard and just blah, 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 like, you know, um, no gi grappling. I mean, once you can hit somebody, it, it, no gi grappling itself is also very, very different um, than than MMA grappling. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like no gi grappling itself is going to really measure your success in MMA as well, you know, um, so like I said, it's all about the mindset uh, and the fact that I have my mind operating over here and there and here and there. Um, you know, of course, the wrestling, actually wrestling is something that I've, I've grown to love so much uh, these days. You have to um, train it a lot. Yeah, of it I mean, it's a must. MMA, it's a right? must. Yeah, but yeah. getting to this level now, I feel like, okay, maybe I'm a good, you know, purple belt or brown belt in wrestling, finally, you know. Um and now it's like, uh, once again, I, I can see more of the the transitions, the technique, the angles uh, with wrestling so much better. I've grown to love wrestling. Those are some of my favorite favorite sessions of the week, especially my coach, Brian Piccolo, is just, he's the man. He's, he's the got man. some good guys to work with. You, in you, you remember well, Brian, right? right? Yeah. This is a 45-year-old monster, yeah. monster. Yeah. Black belt, one of my black belts in jiu-jitsu. Um, uh, finalist D1 wrestler, two-time All-American. He was a Big Ten champion and Olympic alternate in judo. Wow. I mean, when it comes to grappling um, and just taking another man and putting him on his back <laughs> and doing it uh, in a technical, beautiful, artistic way, this guy is incredible, and I have him right at home, you know? And he's 45 years old, 220 pounds, and he's, he's a beast. He's a machine. He's a beast. <laughs> I mean, he still puts he's, it on me, puts it on me. Uh, he's the coach of a local high school, and his, his two sons are just incredible. One is, um, is now wrestling at OU, mm -hmm. uh, just started as a freshman. The other one was a Fargo um, uh, national champion. Uh, went to Bulgaria to represent the U.S. team already. He's only 16. Wow. Um, he's going to be a future Olympian. I have no doubt. Um, and it's because of his father, you know, that he's such a good teacher, such a great human being. Um, and so I'm just hungry to learn from him. I love those sessions. Um, but like I said, it's all about the mindset. I think your mindset when you approach your training uh, really dictates, you know, um, your your progress and and what it means, you know, what, what it means to you at that moment. You know what I'm saying? So um, I love it all. <laughs> Sounds like it, man. I can feel the passion. I really can. As, uh, it's inspiring to sit here and talk. I mean, we've had some great comments coming in about, about the 
the the entire conversation and about how inspirational it's been from everything from the self talk to the, to the values of what it means to be a martial artist. I gotta say, Sam, always a pleasure to have you in here. Right? Man, Thank I could you. sit yeah, here and I could literally do this for the rest of the day. Yeah. So much to talk about. <laughs> I, but I, I feel like I need to mention Mauricio one more time um, because this guy he you know he sacrificed so so much um, for for me and my journey. I mean this this right here. Is, Wouldn't be possible is, is without Mauricio. Him, right? Like if I could say anybody, it's Mauricio, wow. Mauricio Veo, Mauricio Amado. Um, uh, I, I got he just he just got a new academy, and I got to visit um, in uh, September uh, in Toronto. That's where he's located, Evolu Santa. If you're in Toronto, check him out. Uh, like I said, he's one of my black belts. Amazing, amazing Muay Thai martial artist. And the um, nicest guy you'll ever meet. The nicest, yeah. the nicest. He is so passionate, so yeah. passionate. But um, he just had a new academy, and he had a nice poster inside of um, this this picture that uh, Bellator took of me of me getting the belt put on, and he's he's over on the side, like right there, like screaming, and and um, you know it, it it meant so much to me to not not win this like. To be a world champion, not to be able to say I'm a world champion, but for him to be able to say he is a world champion coach, and to take that belt to Toronto for him, and and uh, and you know have it at his his new school and for his students uh, meant the most to me. And uh, Mauricio, thank you, thank you so much. You you are the best. Uh, super special, it really is, man. I really wish that we had much, much more time to sit here and talk because I think we could go on for hours talking about <laughs> this kind of stuff. But unfortunately, all good things have to come to an end. But Raphael, thank you so much for coming in today. It's uh, always a pleasure. Uh, so early 2020 for the first title defense for the MMA, uh, for the Bellator Middleweight Championship. So we'll yes. see you back in action relatively yes. soon. Not in a that perfect world way. for me, I will fight three times next year early. Uh, summer and then uh, end of the year I'd love to do the Japan um, event that they Ooh, did they did yeah. it this year um, and it didn't work out for me to get on that one I'd love to do that next year and in between those three fights I'm looking to do some big big jiu-jitsu matches some grappling matches that awesome I think well I'm glad about be that because we about. hate to lose you completely because uh, uh, I'm yeah, still yeah. here I just had a grappling match <laughs> exactly, a month ago yeah, you've yeah. before boogie right yeah, yeah yeah boogie man but I mean it's great that you've been you've been you know keeping active in the scene and you've been you've trying been to stay involved. young man. try to stay young <laughs> doing my best <laughs> keep going up against these guys stay sharp right yeah that's right well man thanks so much for coming thank in you today. It's yeah. appreciate pleasure. it great to see you guys and uh yeah we'll see you again for another episode of fistful of colors very soon